us. Uh, we're very grateful. Uh, so right after the service, we have a special area set up for you out the back to the left uh, for our VIP. We call that our VIP guest area, arena, area, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we got some goodies, which spaghetti and meatballs tonight, Ron, or yeah, hooking it up. And you want to get there early because I know some people here who... Sometimes they fake it. They're like, uh, we know they're not a first-time guest, and they head back there, and they start scooping it all up. Uh, but anyways, we got some information back there for you, and we'd love to get to meet you, welcome you personally right after the service. So let's give it up one more time for our first-time guest here tonight. Also, going back to DJ Mango, the reason he is our new house drummer is because our drummer, Fernie Dalmore, can I get an AO? Can I get an AO in the house? Our drummer, Fernie Dalmore, uh, tomorrow will be getting married to Darlene Watson, and uh, we're excited for them, doing all the preparations and stuff, so uh, we, we pray that God just tremendously blesses them in their wedding, their honeymoon, and the rest of their lives together. So uh, keep them in prayer, um, and uh, excited for that. Uh, let's see, also, uh, going back to... Uh, or one of the announcement slides was our 26 days. I just want to give you guys a quick update. Uh, we're on day 12 right now, I think. 11, 12, somewhere in there. But anyways, uh, we just kicked off the book of Acts this week. And I mean, some great testimonies and comments and people that are getting involved with uh, this 26 days Bible reading experience. Uh, but it's not too late to jump on board. If you missed out on the book of John, you could jump in for the book of Acts, go back to John later. But some exciting, exciting things about to take place in the book of Acts. Uh, today, we just read through the first chapter. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to see how the Holy Spirit fell, came on the people like tongues of fire. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then from that moment forward, they were just equipped and empowered to do some amazing things to proclaim the gospel, spread the news. And what we have today, our church, you know, our church, our ministry, everything in Christianity, the Bible is a result of the early church and what took place in the book of Acts, those who were faithful to Jesus's teachings. So it's going to be some exciting times. Jump on board with that uh, if you like. And going back to our first time guest room, uh, an amazing job, as always. I, I asked someone to come up and uh, give a special, uh, just kind of a, a shout out uh, to you lovely folks here tonight because uh, they're moving on uh, to greater things, newer, fresh season of their life in ministry. And we're so, uh, we're so blessed uh, to my wife and I and all of us here, if, especially if you came in as a first-time guest and you experienced the goodies and the hosting and everything they do. Um, but for six years since we started, uh, this lovely couple and their family has been with us since the very beginning, and they have just done a tremendous job. Uh, but today is their last evening here at Ignite. They're moving into new ministry, main service, and uh, we just want to send them off with a bang and thank them for everything they've done, their faithfulness. I don't know if they've missed a service in six years. They are just an amazing couple, and so I've asked them to come and share a few words, and uh, that is Ron here tonight. Ron Velos and his wife, Cindy, have done a tremendous job. If you'd like to come up with him, that's fine. I don't want to put you on the spot, but give it up for Don Ron. I... I call him Don Ron because it rhymes. Don Ron. All right. First of all, Go I'd ahead. like to thank the Lord for my salvation. Uh, I walked into this church about 12 years ago uh, with a one-year-old baby and no direction. You know, uh, just literally going crazy. You know, it was a Friday night, walked forward, just came forward, accepted Jesus, 
And from then on, God just changed my life. You know, about a month later, my wife got saved. So, you know, we've been blessed ever since. And then about six years ago, uh, Pastor Nehemiah asked me to come on board with Ignite. And, you know, we started with the outreach. And that was fun. You know, met a lot of people. You know, spread the word of God. We had a blast. And then uh, shortly after that, then he... We were back here one day, and they go, hey, you want to help out with the, the back room? I'm like, sure, you know, sure. I thought it was just, just make some food and just talk with people. And, I mean, honestly, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. It, and, but, you know, God's been glorified in the whole thing. And, you know, it, can I tell you, we, we've provided that food the whole time. And, you know, I'm, I'm one that always believes that, you know, whatever you, you, you sow, you reap. And financially, my wife and I have never lacked anything. We've had an abundance of, you know, money, I guess, is that you want to say. Um, God's just totally blessed us through this ministry. And, uh, I mean, everything from New Roots to the conference to God has blessed us through this ministry. And uh, maybe if you're kind of new to Ignite, uh, I I want to encourage you to, uh, you have great leadership. Uh, Matt, Pastor Nehemiah, Rob, uh, Tony, Aldo, every uh, zoo, every leader here, I can honestly say I, I've, I've spent time with, and they're, they're hardest for God and for people. Uh, so I want to encourage you, uh, just, just approach them. Tell them, you know, you see, I mean, it's clearly seen that God is moving through this ministry. And uh, these men of God are willing to, to help you, to train you, to teach you the ways of God. And I just want to encourage you in that. And uh, I want to thank Pastor Nehemiah and all the, all the leadership. You know, these are the best six years of my life. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron. Ron, Ron, Ron. Cindy, his awesome wife. Uh, we wish you guys the best. Come back anytime. Visit. Say what's up. Hook up the back room. Do. <laughs> Provide some more goodies. Uh, yeah, Don, Ron. There was a tough period where uh, Ron used to frustrate me, and uh, I used to call him Enron. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just messy. He never frustrated me. We used to hang out at the college when we first launched this ministry and uh, give out free waters in the summer and coffees in the, uh, and coffees in the uh, winter. Uh, but that was great times. Ron's always been faithful. So uh, we thank you guys for everything you've done. God bless you guys. I, I really want to cry, but I'm too tough to do so. So <clears throat> I'm not going to do that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to have a good time tonight. Uh, that being said, there's an open spot. So if you're interested in serving here and you want to be a host and you're like, ah, I'm good with people and I'm friendly and I'm fun and... and uh, you'd like to be back there and helping out, uh, sign up with Max Penalber. All right? All right, let's get into this word here tonight. Uh, I always say this, but I, I, think, I'm, I think it's going to happen tonight. I think. I think it's going to happen. I, um, I'm going to preach a short message tonight. <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> All right, good. So, uh, you know, I was just thinking about different things. We've been going through the Word of God, and guess what we're going to read out of tonight? We just started the book of Acts today. 
uh, with 26 days. So guess where our text is going to come from? No, the book of John. It's going to come from the book of John. But you guys were close. You guys were right there, right next to it. Uh, but I was just thinking, because last week we talked about, you know, the great divide, truth versus lies. We were talking about, you, you know, seeing the word of God as the authority that governs your life. You know, you kind of cross-check everything, reference it with the word of God. And if it doesn't line up, then it goes out the window. The word of God should be our reference point for our life. And I was thinking about that. And as I was preparing for the message tonight, I just threw a quick few points together. And I was thinking because it, it, it's very critical. We talked about this a little bit tonight, but I really want to focus in on this issue and use a couple examples from the Word of God. But one of the things is in order to do that, in order to trust, in order to get into the Word of God, we have to believe in the Word of God. And belief is so important and critical in the life of a Christian. You cannot be a Christian here tonight if you didn't first believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins, right? The Word of God says in the book of Romans, it says the way we come to Christ is by believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. We have to believe and it starts, it has to start somewhere. There's also scriptures like John 3.16, whosoever believes, belief, belief, belief is a critical, critical word we see throughout the Word of God. You have to believe in order to be saved here tonight. Belief is important. So what I've entitled today's message is the following. I believe. I'm a fan of Apple. What can I say? What can I say? I'm a huge fan. So I believe. I believe is important tonight. And there, there's many different things as we look at the Word of God. We have to believe it. And how many have ever been here? Like you read things, especially when I go through the Old Testament early in my faith. I used to read things like Elijah calling down fire from heaven and Noah's Ark and the, and the flood, you know, and three guys going into a furnace and not burning and a fourth one appearing and all these crazy, supernatural, out of control things. And you read these things, and sometimes you're like, well, is this like a novel? You know, did this really happen? Or is this just kind of storytelling time? Especially if you were raised as a young kid on Bible cartoons, right? Because everything seemed so fictional. Like your Bible, you started comparing your Bible to like um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Or all these, you know, Dragon Ball and all these crazy cartoons. Anybody here remember uh, Animaniacs? Right, right, that was good times, good times. See, see, we connect, we're the same age group here, more or less. All right, all right. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? And we'll name some more. T-N-M-T. Teenage Mutant, no, no. T-M-N-T. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Power Rangers, that was a good one. That wasn't really, a, that wasn't, what, what was the, what was the, Power Rangers ripoff, you guys remember? Who was that? Anybody here remember what the Power Rangers ripoff was? There was one like, it was like the exact same storyline, plot, everything, but it was like, it was like, they played Power Rangers like in primetime, Monday through Friday, right after school, and this one got like the 6 a.m. spot on Sunday morning. Like, nobody watched that stuff. Like, it was definitely a ripoff. But it's important that we believe here this morning. Funny story, um, if, you're, if you're on our Facebook, then you probably connected with this, maybe, possibly. But uh, funny story, my son Zeke loves, he's three years old, and he, he's fascinated with the movie Elf. I mean, the boy's out of control. And uh, I know it's probably not a good movie to show your kids. I'm not, I'm not sure. I, uh, I have it on my iPad, though, just in case. It's always there for him. I'm, I'm, I'm always there for my son. And so, uh, so 
you know, they teach some good stuff, you know, Santa Claus and, um, you know, good versus evil and the dad kind of gets saved. I mean, not really saved, saved, but like he, he repents and changes his ways after. So there's some good storytelling in there. But uh, anyways, he, he was fascinated with this part and uh, the jack-in-the-box, when the jack-in-the-box is broken and, you know, uh, well, uh, Elf, who's played by Will Ferrell, he's, you know, they're opening in the op- some of the opening scenes and he's winding this toy and it's scaring, you know, it's scaring him. My son Zeke just really thought that this this toy would just like he's like I have to get one of those and he's been crying for it for the last year he's like every time he sees it I want one of those mom so my mother-in-law finally bought him one and he believed in this product he was like you know this is this is going to be the funnest toy this is going to top my cars everything everything I have and uh, so today we open up the box and and uh, I want to show you just a quick, isn't he cute? That's my little boy. So my son had so much confidence in this product. Uh, but I'll kind of connect the story. It may make, make sense. It may not after. I don't even know where I'm going with this. It's just a great video. I want you guys to enjoy it. <laughs> this probably has nothing to do with my message. I'm trying to figure out some way to... Uh, okay, so he believes it. We're talking about believing. Yeah, so there's some kind of thing in here. But check him out. Here, do it again. Are you excited? Say thank you. Look, look over here. Say thank you, Nana. great parents. We love our children. We raise them right. And, uh, you know, here's how I'm going to tie this in. Now we're at a point where Zeke, you know, I was trying to get him to do it after and he's kind of afraid. So he no longer believes in that product. (laughs) Boom. There you go. There it is. There it is. Just brought it home. So, but in Christianity on the other side, on the flip side, um, this is my life now. I, this is my life. Three kids. I mean, there's no turning back. Uh, so this is my home life. This is the other day. Yesterday, we were walking uh, to uh, Babies R Us. My daughter was in school and my two boys were with us. And I mean, there's like three strollers in the back of the car. I, I just don't get it. There's like an umbrella stroller, Zeke stroller, the baby's uh, car seat stroller. And it finally hit me yesterday as we parked and we're walking, we're both, we're each pushing a stroller. And I thought to myself, wow, I guess I'm officially like a family guy, a dad. I'm ready for the minivan maybe. Uh, just, it finally hit me like, wow, okay, there's, this is it. This is the rest of my life. All right, I'm, this is it. We're going to do it. And um, so uh, it, it was a uh, kind of a, you know, revelation moment. It was pretty cool. But, uh, you know, we're talking, we're going to talk about believing here tonight, and it's important to believe. And as I was running through the scriptures these past couple weeks, and we're going through the book of John, and we're talking about, you know, comments and stuff, and people getting these really good revelations, I was thinking about the time that Jesus was living in, because Jesus stepped into the world as a virgin birth, God, Son of God, Man, he was a man, a human being, but in the same sense, he was God. 
And as you think about that, he was the one that the Jews were waiting for. He was the Messiah that they had been waiting for for so long. They had been praying to God, God, send us the Messiah. When is he coming? They would read their scriptures and they would see that it was clear and it was evident that the Son of God was going to be coming to the earth. They just didn't know when, how, why, what he was going to look, what he was going to look like, what he was going to accomplish. And so we see throughout the scripture, the book of John, that there were people who believed and there were people who didn't believe in Jesus Christ. There were people who embraced Jesus and said, okay, this is the Son of God. And there were others who just said, you know, no way. No way on earth. No way this is happening. You're, you're a demon possessed. You're, they called him all these horrible names. He did miracles that no other person, no other man could do. He showed them evidence that only God can allow such things to take place. He, he clear evidence that he was the son of God through his supernatural power, his miracles, his workings, his signs, his wonders, everything he was doing. And they still, many people still would not believe all the way unto death when they crucified him there on the cross. And tonight, uh, I, I want to open up with a scripture. In, in this particular scripture, it's a, it's a man. It's right after Jesus had met with the Samaritan woman at the well, if you're familiar with the story. If, no, if not, you go back to John 4 and read up on it. But John 4, verse 46, uh, it, it gets into this scripture, and it talks about a man from Galilee. And um, it, it says, as he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana. And I'll, I'll get to 48 in a bit. I'm just going to set this up. In verse 46, it starts off saying, As he traveled through Galilee, speaking about Jesus, it says, He came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum, whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son, who was about to die. And here we go. It says, Jesus asked Will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, cue that in. Then Jesus told him, go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. It's not up there, but verse 51 continues on. While the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had begun to get better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that that was the very time that Jesus had told him, Your son will live, and his entire household believed in Jesus. A verse I want to highlight real quick is verse 48. And in this verse, Jesus asked, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? Now, that word right there, believe, if you look it up in the Greek in its original context, it is the word pisteo, P-I-S-T-E-U-O. And pisteo, when you break down the word pisteo, what it literally means is to entrust to trust. And as I started breaking down, you know, tonight's message and what we're going to be talking about, I started thinking about belief because our belief in Jesus, it's important that we believe in Jesus. We must believe in Jesus if we're going to be of the faith. But essentially what it means to believe in Jesus is to trust in Jesus. Tonight we had an amazing 
time at this altar here as the worship was playing. And as people were being prayed for and people raised their arms and we said, you know, we're going to surrender your burdens to God. I, I believe there are people, there were two people, types of people up here. There were those who lifted their arms and said, you know what, God, I trust you. I'm giving it all to you. And I have no doubt in my mind that because those people entrusted to God what they were carrying with them, they walked away with the peace of God inside of them. But on the flip side, there possibly, possibly were also those who came up here and said, you know what, God, well, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Whatever, whatever happens. But totally and completely were not trusting God for their miracle. And maybe they walked away still feeling that heavy burden weighing them down. See, it's important that as we believe in God, we understand that it means to trust in God, to entrust to Him whatever we're going through, to entrust in Him for our miracle, whatever we need from Him, whatever we ask of Him, that it will be done. Tonight, if you're tweeting or whatever, you'd hashtag everything I believe. I'm going to talk about six points tonight. But I look at the faith of this man the, the, the amazing faith and belief and the trust that he had in Jesus. He traveled cities over to find Jesus. And he stood in the gap for his son. Number one, it shows us his love for his son. And he travels to Jesus and says, If you just say he'll be healed, then it'll be done. I, I believe, I believe, I trust you, Jesus. I trust that what you say you are and what you can do, you're going to do it. That's powerful, powerful faith. That's powerful belief. That's powerful trust. And we see what took place when he said, when he released that to Jesus and he said, I trust you, his son was healed instantly at the same time, at the same time that Jesus spoke those words. Powerful. And I believe that as a people of God, God is always, always trying to prove himself and setting out to heighten our level of trust in Him. But how many know many times our trust is dependent on what we get, right? Well, let me test you in this, and then I'll trust you. But it doesn't, and that's okay with people, I understand that, but with God, God wants our full trust. He tells us, I want all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, everything that is in you. And we need to be people of faith who trust in our living God. You see, the people of the, this time, they didn't have that same trust in Jesus. How many know there's times in our lives where we don't have that level of trust that maybe we'd like to have in Jesus Christ, right? We're going through situations, things are looking ugly, they're not looking too good. Um, trials, all these things that face us as, as people, as we go through our lives, you know, sometimes it's just not there. It's just not there. I hope to inspire you here tonight to truly, truly believe in the God that you serve. Sometimes we're always looking for a miracle, right? We're always looking for a sign. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we're like, God, well, you do this first, and then I'll trust you with this. Anybody here ever do that? Right? You've got you to feel guilty. I've done it. You know? God, well, if you do this, then I'll do that. You know, show me a sign first. We all want signs, right? We all want signs. And it would be nice. Wouldn't it be nice 
right? It would be nice. But God doesn't always show up in signs and wonders to everybody. I know people who are pillars in the faith, and God has never, through his spirit, given them some goosebumps, or they've never been laid out, or they've never been, you know, maybe never seen a supernatural healing take place in their lifetime. But they're pillars in the faith. They're grounded. They believe in Jesus. Their faith is not wavered. I hope to help you here tonight with this. John chapter 20. We're going to read one more story here and then I'm going to get into a few things I put together. John chapter 20 and verse 24 through 29. This is a story, amazing, amazing story. And we can all probably look at this guy and say, Thomas, you're a fool. You're an idiot. Anybody here ever heard of Doubting Thomas? Right? It's a phrase we use sometimes. Call people Doubting Thomas, right? You don't believe me? Doubting Thomas. All right. Check out what the scripture says. This, Thomas was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. This is the guy who's seen Jesus turn water into wine, who's seen thousands of people fed with only two loaves or two fishes and five loaves. This guy had seen Jesus do some crazy, amazing things, miracles that took place. He's seen Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. How about that? Which, by the way, I'm so stuck on the book of John right now. It's such an awesome book. By the way, the book of John was the only gospel that recorded the raising of Lazarus. Lazarus. Look it up sometime. One of the 12 disciples, this is scripture right here. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. This is after Jesus had resurrected from the dead. They told him, we have seen the Lord, but he replied, I won't believe it. I won't trust that he's alive unless I see the nail wounds in his hand, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Kind of start to understand why they call him Doubting Thomas, right? He says, look, I won't believe, I won't trust unless I see. I have to see it to believe it. It goes on to say, eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then, said, then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the womb in my, wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. We see an exclamation point there. Jesus, we, seen his, we sense his frustration sometimes throughout the scripture. It's like, dude, I've been with you for three years. Believe, it's me. It says, my Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe or you trust me because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Wow. Powerful, powerful statement Jesus makes. And I want to put an emphasis on this here tonight. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Blessed are those who believe me without seeing me. As I said earlier, I've, I've come by some amazing pillars of the faith. And I've heard stories, I've, I've heard crazy stories about supernatural things taking place. And I don't want to discount that. You know we're here all about the supernatural. We're praying for people earlier. We believe in, in supernatural events and miracles and signs and wonders. But some people say 
that, well, if you don't experience the supernatural, then you're not of God. And there's all these crazy, uh, random beliefs that people just shoot out the side of their neck. And it's just, it's, it's heresy. It's, it's, it's false. I, I just, it really, I get fed up when I hear stuff like this. Right? Because miracles were, miracles and the gifts of the Spirit, if you read throughout Scripture in 1 Corinthians, it talks about it's used for the edification of the church. Right? To strengthen believers. Right? And when people are saying, well, you didn't get your mirror, this and that, and they're saying, you must not be of the faith. That's like discouraging believers. It has nothing to do with the supernatural and what God wants to do in the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm just going to preach it here tonight. Can I preach it? It says, blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Jesus is speaking to a people who will never see him like you and I. We will never see him like Thomas and the disciples seen him. Sometimes we will never see him show up in fire. I've never seen Jesus show up in fire like Moses did in the burning bush. But I still have faith to believe in him. Right? Some people say, I've heard an audible voice of God. I was, I was there in my room at night and God spoke to me. And I've said this before. If I woke up in the middle of light and I heard an audible voice, I'd probably pull out my shotgun and I'd start busting caps at fools. I just, I, it would freak me out. I, I don't know if I could handle that. And, <laughs> family man right here. <laughs> and, but, <laughs> But blessed are those who believe without seeing me. I know some people with some amazing faith. And those who say, well, you know, you, if you never experience the supernatural, then you're not of God. Heresy, garbage, you go to hell. But people who believe, that is true faith. That is true faith. People who can bring themselves to say, I believe that Jesus is everything he says he is. And I don't even have to see his, if I never seen him do anything crazy or miraculous in my life, I will still believe in him. That's true faith. That's true belief here tonight. Of course, Jesus brings signs and wonders to confirm his greatness, his power, and everything he is, which is all legitimate. And I've experienced God, as I said, in some crazy, crazy, amazing ways. But God wants us to believe, church. God wants us to believe in him. Because we don't always see him at work. We don't always understand what it is that he's doing. We don't always sense his power. We don't always feel like we're riding on top of the world and we're just in control of everything, right? Right? Sometimes it feels chaotic. But he wants us to believe here tonight. He wants us, nevertheless, to trust him. And see, tonight, I put a few points here together that I want to... Or I hope you would follow along with and maybe pen down. Because it's important. When I believe, when you believe, you got to understand that it influences so many different aspects of your life. But we're going to cover six specifically that I want to talk about here tonight. And these, are, these can be proofs that you're a believer in Jesus Christ. I will tell you here tonight, there have been some moments in my life where everything was falling apart depression, everything. I mean, everything just falling out from underneath me. But I never, I never stopped doing these things. And why? Because I believe in Jesus. No matter what my situation looks like, if I, if it seems like I don't see him at work, I, I still, to believe is to trust no matter what. 
I believe. I believe. The first one is, when I believe, it influences my passion. How many passionate people do we have here tonight? Why does everybody answer that with a woo? <laughs> passion. Passion. I don't know. They say, they say the Hispanic culture has a lot of passion, but I don't see that many Hispanics here tonight, so preaching to the wrong crowd. <laughs> right? Every time, whenever they talk, you ever run into those people that talk Spanish? It sounds like they're singing all the time, right? They make it all sound all sweet and stuff. Um, passion. When I believe, did you know that it influences your passion? Your passion for life? Your passion for living? right? People who believe in God, no matter what, these are the people that walk around excited. I was walking around pretty excited earlier, uh, right before service. I'm still excited, but you know, when I preach, I got to tone it down a bit because probably chase people away with my loudness. But the true reason I was so excited before service, hey, no, not the true reason. The supplemental reason was I had two Red Bulls right before coming up here. And I, I mean, worship star, the music star, I was in the back, and I'm like, I got to let a couple shouts out, but I'm going to face the other way so I don't freak people out. And I just started screaming, yeah! And I feel, you know, I just, it came on. I probably did that like six times. I was in the corner all by myself, and nobody minding my own business. But I, you know, I, I'm passionate about life. I am passionate about my family. I am passionate about my wife, about my children, about my ministry, about everything that I do in life that is of God. Why? Because I believe in Jesus. And when you believe in Jesus, you take that belief and you say, no matter what, my destination is not going to change. The outcome of things are not going to change. God, you are ultimately in control of everything. So as I give it to you, I move forward with passion and I don't walk around hurt, depressed. Yes, things hurt in my life. Yes, things sting. Yes, yes, things try to bring me down. But I believe in you, Jesus. And a along with that belief comes a passion for living. Passion. Passion. We got to be passionate people about Jesus. Why? Because as I've said before, there are people who are unbelievers looking at the Christian and when we walk around passionless, lifeless, why are they going to want to sign up and say, you know, let me read that Bible. I want some of that Jesus juice, whatever is going on in your life. I want some of that. Make me happy stuff. Right? You're like, they're going to look at you and you're like, I'm lifeless, I'm passionless. You want to come with me to church tonight? Get, you could be like me, get some of this on you. Like nobody wants that, right? But when you believe and you trust in God for all things, no matter what's taking place, you can have passion in your life. Somebody say passion tonight. Passion. One more time, passion. passion. Oh man, I feel like I'm in the south. All right. Slap your neighbor and tell him passion tonight. All right? You guys need to come to church and be passionate about Jesus. All right? All right. How about this one? Look at your neighbor and tell him you look good tonight. All right. There. Calm things down. Now look at your other neighbor and tell him you were my second choice. <laughs> All right. All right. When I believe, it influences my giving. Everybody say giving. giving. 
right? A little bit lower, a little bit lower. People get a little calmer about that. When I believe it influences my giving, Matt, was talking, he was talking about that tonight. You reap what you sow. When you believe in Jesus, it influences your giving. It affects every aspect of your life and your belief when you trust in God. And why does it influence your giving? Why? Because you take the word of God and you say, God, if this is what your word says, I have nothing to fear. Your word says you will provide. And if your word says to give unto the Lord, to be faithful in my tithes, to give offerings, to come with my my offerings and, and give to the offering and support the ministry that I'm a part of, then it'll show not only in this ministry, but outside as well. When people are hurting, when they're going through things, if you trust God to meet your needs, then you can trust him to use your resources to meet the needs of others. And it shows in your giving. Right? Somebody say, my checkbook doesn't look like I believe here tonight. I need to up my belief. Right? Tell your neighbor, you need to up your belief. (laughs) Everyone's afraid to say that. (laughs) I don't know them too well. They look like a thug. They could be carrying a gun. I don't know. All right. Well, up your giving. Yeah, just don't take their money. Be like, well, then give me your money, fool. Put it in the offering. All right. Somebody reach into your neighbor's wallet and say, I am going to believe for you. Boom. (laughs) Bring the offering baskets out. All right. I'll tell you what. Young adults, young people here tonight. Statistics show that we have the most amount of indiscretionary spending between, well, I'll exclude myself from this now, between the ages of 18 and 25. That age group has the greatest amount of indiscretionary spending, which means that it's not accounted for, right? And when you think about it, how much, how much of your money goes to things that you see no return on? Um, in and out let me name some of my favorites. in and out McDonald's, Denny's. I'm wise with Denny's now. I get the coupons in the mail. Family man, I get 20% off. And the awesome thing, the awesome thing about the Denny's coupons in the mail is they send them, they send two sets because they send you the English and Espanol on the backside. Now, I don't know. They've never asked me, well, do you speak Spanish or I just don't talk? <laughs> I, I hand them the coupon. Are you guys giving away free Red Bulls too? Or <laughs> what's going on? What's going on in here? I'm not that funny. All right. Okay. <laughs> Give me. It's making, making me feel like I am, though. I'm going to tell a few more. Ch- All right. All right. It shows in your giving. You need to be believers and show it in your giving here tonight. Because when you believe, it influences your giving. One of the questions to ask, a couple of questions to ask yourself. How is my passion for the kingdom of God? Does it show, does my passion for the things of God show that I believe? And does my giving show that I believe here tonight? Only you can answer that question right? Unless it's, you have your, you know, expenditures on Facebook income and all that stuff. I'm not sure. Be surprised what people put on Facebook these days. The other thing believing influences is your worship. We got a great worship service here. I I can't, um, man, I can't speak enough. We've, that's one of the things that as a pastor of this ministry, I can, I can say we've always had here at Ignite is amazing worship and a great team, and they always do a great job. And um, when you believe here tonight, it shows in your worship. Just throw that out there. Tony knows what I'm talking about. He's a worship leader. All right, all right. 
When you believe, it influences your worship, your praise, your thanksgiving, which kind of goes in line with passion. You could say giving as well. A lot of these will cross over. But worship, let's talk specifically about praise here tonight. When you believe in the God that you serve, right, you can come you can raise your arms to heaven. You can look up to the heavens, close your eyes, however you do it. You know, shake one leg or whatever. However you worship. Just sit in your seat like this. But that's fine if that's how you worship. Right? And you can do that expressively towards God. Why? Because you believe that you're worshiping God in your praise, in your voice, in your how, whatever you do with your hand. I've seen some crazy people come in here and just, uh, they get up here and they're like, ah, ah, ah. Now, I'm not sure if it was, it's, you know, they thought it was a, a, a rock show or if it was the way they worshiped. I don't know. I can't judge them, right? Uh, but when you believe, it influences your worship. Why? Because you can say, God, I trust that I'm worshiping you, that you're hearing me, and because of that, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give it my all here tonight. All right? Winding it down. When I believe, it influences my lifestyle, number four. It influences your lifestyle. Let's talk about this one real quick. Lifestyle matters. I just say that. Lifestyle matters. Decisions you make, places you go, things you say yes to, things you decline your surroundings, atmosphere, people you associate with. How you live your life matters. Paul said to, to, to Timothy, Timothy, Paul said to Timothy, be above reproach. Be above reproach. Prove yourself in the way you conduct yourself, in your speech, in your teaching, in everything you do, in your lifestyle. So important to the Christian. And one of the things... You know, I, I, oh man, you know, in the Christian world, it's just lifestyle is going out the window. Seems like people don't seem to care anymore. Oh, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter how I live. You know, um, and see, when you believe in Jesus, it influences your lifestyle because you understand that ultimately there is a penalty for sin. The wages of sin is death. And if you're living in a sinful state, in a sinful position, associating yourself with sin and, and all that it entails, then ultimately, maybe you truly don't believe, not only in Jesus, but the consequences, right? Maybe you don't believe in a heaven and a hell. Maybe you don't believe that there is a penalty or a disassociation when you do those things. It's a tough subject, right? Because it makes us analyze and assess our lifestyle and say, you know what, God, maybe there's things in my life that, you know, if I truly believed your word and what it says and who you are and added things up, then I would probably do things a little bit different. I would probably start making some better choices and living according to your word, right? Only you can make that call here tonight. But when you believe it influences your lifestyle and you can tell those that are of the faith 
and those that are not, right? Because, you know, people do some random things. Next, keep on waiting for the guys to cue, cue my stuff, but it's right here, forget. When I believe it influences my service. Tonight, I talked about Ron's service, right? For example, there's an open position. When you believe in the kingdom of God and, and loving people and serving people and everything that scripture is about, you'll serve. You will serve. You will get involved. You will start doing things that are selfless, right? It takes a selflessness to serve other people, right? Naturally, ah, some people got that gift. My wife's really good at that. She's, she's just amazing in that area. And uh, me, ah, all right. <laughs> but you're our pastor. Yeah, I got my issues. Service. Service. When I believe it influences my service. See, before Jesus, I was very selfish. I wasn't about service. I wasn't about the church. I wasn't about its cause. And you wouldn't find me here doing the things that I do. Just like many of you here tonight who are serving. You wouldn't be doing these things apart from Jesus. Apart from God's involvement, his spirit in your life. Right? You'd be doing other things. Right? Why, why serve people? You know, uh, for free? I'm not going to get paid? I worked five days a week. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? <laughs> but when you believe, it influences your service to others. You become selfless and say, you know what, God? You've, you've strengthened me in my life. You, you've helped me become a believer. Now I'm going to serve and use whatever you've given me to help others. And you find a place to serve. It's a good thing. Lastly, when I believe, it influences my power. Power, 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 power. <clears throat> it influences my power. I'm not talking about manpower, woman power, he-man, she-ra type stuff. I'm talking about the power of God. I'm talking about the power of God. You see, it's important that, yes, I know I talked about those who believe without ever seeing God and just have this incredible faith without maybe never experiencing something supernatural in their lives. But on the, on the other side, too, it's also important that you don't neglect the fact that you still need to believe for those things when it's time for a miracle, when God wants to use you to pray for someone, when God wants to use you for his service. Why? Because apart from believing, it can't be done. Right? What if tonight I called all these people up here and I said, you know what? God wants to lift burdens and I felt really strongly about it. God really wanted to do something. What if I came up here and said, okay, now I'm going to go around praying for you. And what if I went up to each and every person I'm like, you know, I'm not really sure about this. <laughs> Might have been a bad call. Uh, but let's, um, you know, let's just see what happens. No. When I pray for people, I have the faith to believe that supernaturally something is going to take place in their lives through the power of God. Why? Because I believe in Jesus and his spirit and what he can do. I know that he can. I trust that he can. And see, sometimes people don't have the faith to believe for themselves. And that's okay. That's okay. Because if you have someone who believes, 
And this is what I tell people. I have enough faith when I pray for people. I believe that I have enough faith. Whether you have faith or not, I have enough faith to believe that it's going to happen for both of us. Right? And that's true belief. That's true belief. To say, you know what? You may not believe, but I got some faith here. I know who God is. I believe in him. I trust him for my situation, for your situation. And even if you're struggling a bit, you know, you're on the sidelines, you're like, ah, I'm not too sure what's going to take place. That's okay. I'm going to believe for you and I'm going to believe with you. And you can see the power of God do some amazing things, not only in your life, but in the lives of others. When you believe, it influences the power of God at work in your life. How many here can use some power in your faith? Some power in your belief, right? You're like, I want, you know, I want to pray for people who are sick and I want them to get healed on the spot. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something, right? Put the hospitals out of business, right? You put doctors out of business. And be like, okay, let's just hire this guy full time. Pay him, a, you know, five million a year. Just build him a home on the hospital site, medical center, and uh, you're on call. Whenever we get somebody in, just come and pray for them. All the doctors would be out of business. That would be awesome, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? I just thought about that. I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open up a business. I'm going to go find some people with the gift of healing, and I'm going to put a sign outside, and then we'll, you know, we'll charge Medi-Cal or whatever, and then we'll make it happen. <laughs> we'll get these people on full-time staff. I know you guys think it's funny, but you know, sometimes I'm just thinking of ideas, right? Maybe entrepreneur. Maybe Rob, Rob, Rob can help me put the whole business plan together. But wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome? Find some people so full of faith, they have the God's obviously given them the gift of healing. I know Alvis has it. I'm going after you first. Nobody try to steal my idea. Let me copyright this, put it on paper, legalize it. But imagine that. Imagine that. Why? When you believe, it influences your power to do amazing things for the kingdom of God. Then, then God can entrust you with people and say, you know what, I'm sending them your way, boom, 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 this and that, pray for them, bam, people go healed, and they believe as well. And sometimes they don't always believe. But it gives God an opportunity to show up in all his glory and do what he wants to do. At the end of the story here tonight, ultimately what God wants is for each and every one of us to believe in his son, Jesus. To believe, to believe, to believe. If you're here tonight and you're a believer, you have to believe. And you have to allow it to influence every, every aspect of your life. Somebody say, I believe here tonight. All right, we, I, I guess I convinced a few people. Let's try that one more Tonight, if you believe in Jesus, that he can do all these great things and you're going to allow him to influence your life, give an I believe. I believe. All right. If you're on Twitter right now, if you're Facebooking, Hashtag update your status. Say, I believe. Of reverence. Reverence for the house of God. <clears throat> Here's what I want to do. I want to ask if every head would be bowed here tonight, every eye would be closed. How did I go 40 minutes? God help me.